1: Head over to nflshop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to nflshop.com. NFL fans. Nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We gotta win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit nfl.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's nfl.com slash tickets. <laughs>
0: JoJo Siwa is not happy with Nickelodeon. CBS's reality show The Activist is getting an overhaul after major backlash. And Slate's Madison Malone Kircher joins us to explain parasocial relationships and why so many people are in one with John Mulaney. It's September 16th, 2021.
2: Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So, Casey, most days of the week, I'm very sad that we have to record this podcast over Zoom. But uh, today is one day where I'm actually grateful we're not together because I am sick as a dog right now. Can you hear it in my voice?
0: Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. And I just want to be like, Stephen. I was just about to say, like, Stephen, go home. You are home. (laughs) Stephen, get in bed. Do the podcast from your bed. Right after
2: we record this podcast, I am going to bed. The good news is (laughs) I took a COVID test. I'm negative. But I'm still staying home. I don't want other people to have whatever I have here.
0: Yeah, I know, It's but that's a thing, right? People are still all getting sick because our
2: bodies don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I know, I just haven't been like in society for a year and a half. And I think the second I like stepped out my door, my immune system was like, what are any of these germs? You're on your own, kid.
0: So <laughs> You're on your own. I'm dealing with it. I got
2: my tea and I'm excited to talk about the day in pop culture.
0: Yeah, Steven, do you know who else is on her own? Jojo Siwa. Oh. oh
2: my God, I know. <laughs> my new
0: gay icon. <laughs> So she just called out Nickelodeon on Twitter about some contract stipulation she's unhappy about. Jojo, who was 13 when she first signed with the brand, tweeted, I go out on tour in January. My movie musical was just released with six new original songs. Nickelodeon told me today that I'm not allowed to perform, add any of the songs from the film into my show. These are my songs, my voice, my writing. Does this seem fair? She followed up with another tweet saying, there's no reason that this music should not be included. Working for a company as a real human being treated as only a brand is fun until it's not.
2: I mean, Casey, like my immediate thought is, is this going to be the end of Jojo Siwa and Nickelodeon as a partnership? Because that, I, I believe it. Yeah. That She's becoming
0: self-aware.
2: She is. <laughs> you, and, know? you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's getting older. She came out. She has an adult relationship. Now she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars, which means she's pivoting her audience to a much more adult audience. It's hard for me to imagine like what like, the future of Jojo She Was music career looks like because she's so effectively branded herself for kids, but she's incredibly talented. I know she could do anything.
0: Maybe they're mad at her because she's doing Dancing with the Stars and that's on ABC, aka Disney. <laughs>
2: Right. And they're right. like, you left us. <laughs> yes, because that's a good point, because this is like the big rivalry, Nickelodeon and Izzy. Right? So now, Oh, my God. OK, I think you might be right about this.
0: I know. I bet just I just pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> we'll see.
2: I choose to believe it because it's interesting. All right. Well, in other news, it seems that Julianne Huff heard the backlash against CBS's upcoming reality show, The Activist, which would have seen activists competing against each other to raise money for their causes. Julianne, who was set to be a judge on the show, said on Instagram that while she's excited to be a part of something that highlights and is centered around sharing activist work, she understands the criticism the show has received and agrees that she's not qualified for the role of a judge.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I don't I don't know what to say, except, yeah, that's that's correct. I think like um, Shyla and I were talking about it the other day, but I mean, yeah, there's there's photos of her going around when she was in blackface for Halloween. So, yeah, I I would still say she's not one of the people who should be a judge. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And, you know, the whole uh, concept behind the show of activists like using their causes against each other, like, you know, either the kids with cancer get the money or like the rescue animals get the money. It's like, it's like a weird way to, to set up the idea of like activist work being important, you know?
0: No, it is. And you know, she said that she understood why people were calling it the oppression Olympics, which is hilarious to me because I think that might've been the first time she heard the
2: phrase oppression Olympics. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Well, CBS is apparently taking the negative feedback of the show to heart, telling Variety the following day that the series is going to be reconfigured as a documentary highlighting the work of the activists, all of whom will receive a cash grant for their causes.
0: Okay, so Steven, and I love this. This is a yes. good
2: situation. <laughs> it's it's much, much better. So it seems like there's no more need for judges. Is that right? Because now like they're, they're all just going to, they're all winning. Yeah,
0: maybe they'll keep one of them as a host now or something like that. Who knows? I don't know if they've already filmed all this and they're just going to do a re-edit or something like that. Either way, I'll tell you this. I'm probably not going to
2: watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I'm going to be too busy watching Jojo Siwa on Dancing uh... with the Stars, you know? <laughs> all right well moving on there's been a lot of John Mulaney news this year each story more shocking than the last and people have a lot of thoughts maybe more than they should considering most of them don't actually know the guy Slate's Madison Malone-Kircher joins us now to talk about everyone's obsession with John Mulaney and why you've been seeing so many tweets about quote parasocial relationships hi Madison thank you so much for joining us today Hi, thank you for having me. So first off, anyone who spends time on Twitter has probably seen the term parasocial relationship pop up on their feed over the last few months. But for people who aren't extremely online, can you explain what it means exactly and maybe give us a little bit of the history behind that term?
3: Sure. That's actually much, much easier than it sounds because chances are truly every person listening to this has been in a parasocial relationship and didn't know that there was a psychological term for it. So parasocial relationships, that's a term that comes from the 1950s from a set of Chicago researchers who coined it to describe the way that people, also me, <laughs> that we all <laughs> feel when you watch a television show or you listen to a podcast or you watch a movie and you feel like you are a friend with an actor or a celebrity, like you know this person, you get them, they know you, you know them, you're pals, except in reality... Taylor Swift and I aren't pals. That's a parasocial relationship.
0: Mm. You know, so the reason the term has been all over Twitter this year is everything that's been going on with John Mullaney, from his stint in rehab to his divorce from Anna Marie Tendler to his new relationship with Olivia Munn. What is it specifically about him that has everyone going parasocial relationship this and parasocial relationship that? A couple of things. I think the first
3: one is that as a comedian, John Mulaney has developed this very confessional, very honest, dark brand of humor that makes the people who watch his specials and watch his shows feel like, oh, I know this guy. Like, I could walk up to this guy and his dog Petunia in the dog park and we could have a totally normal chat because, like, we are very much alike. And the more a celebrity like, say, John Mulaney lets people into their world, talks about the other ancillary characters in that world, for example, like, John Mullaney is, like, numero uno wife guy, <laughs> So people also felt like they were developing a relationship to his wife. And the more of those details a celebrity gives us, the the more painful, let's say, the whiplash when those details change.
2: Yeah. You know, the title of your piece says John Mulaney doesn't owe you squat. So I'm curious, why do you think people feel that he does owe them something? And also, what do you think they feel owed?
3: More comedy, I hope. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, I, agree
3: with that. I, you know, I, John Mulaney doesn't owe us anything other than his comedy, should he want to continue to give it to us. But I think there's a subset of people who feel like, like they're owed an explanation or an apology in the way that you would, if your friend, like a person you actually know had spent years and years being like, I love my wife, my whole brand is loving my life and my wife. Uh, (laughs) we also never want to have kids and it's totally okay to be a grown ass adult who never wants children. And then that friend called you on a Tuesday and said, I have left my wife. I'm dating Olivia Munn. We are having a baby.
0: Get on board. You would want, you would want more from that friend. I would want more from that friend. And Steven knows I, I succumb to uh, this parasocial relationship with John <laughs> Delaney. And I think, I think it is what you're saying. Like he just seems more relatable to then, you know, he just seems like an average guy on the street, which he is not. He is a famous comedian and and whatnot. But I do have, I do have a question here just like to get the other side real quick. This has always come with fame. Like this isn't new. So I don't know. I guess I am wondering do celebrities quote unquote owe fans anything?
3: <laughs> I mean, I in this piece found myself by the end sort of surprising myself with the amount of empathy I felt towards John Mulaney mega fans who felt really burned by this. Because to be clear, I'm not friends with any celebrities, even the ones I think I know. I shouldn't approach them on the street. Probably mm-hmm. I should leave them alone. But it's also, okay, I think, to feel some kind of way about these people in whom we invest money and time and energy and emotion. And let's be clear, that's what John Mulaney and the celebrities of the world want. That's their business is selling themselves to you and getting your buy-in. So I think it is okay to feel that whiplash I was just describing, right? As long as you sort of just put those feelings to the
0: side and go, huh, okay, that sort of sucks. That's what I was going to say, where it's one of those things. It's like, it is okay to feel those things. Feelings are okay, but maybe it's something <laughs> you talk about with your therapist and not put it on twitter.com. You know, like mm. that's probably the difference there. It's like, feel it. You're allowed to have reactions to things, but it's what you do with those feelings and reactions afterwards. <laughs>
3: I mean, feel it and don't put it on Twitter.com is pretty much an evergreen policy that can be applied <laughs> yes, exactly. to all things. <laughs> well,
2: you know, one thing that's really stuck out to me is uh, like how selective people seem to be about his public persona. Because, you know, John Mulaney has talked extensively about being an addict in his stand-up specials. He's talked a lot about how wild and crazy his life has been at certain points. But the thing that everyone seems to grab onto is his relationship with his uh, now ex-wife, which by his account seemed pretty ideal. So why were people only grabbing onto like, the squeaky clean part of John Mulaney and sort of ignoring the darker things that he'd been telling us about for years?
3: Because that's an easier narrative to cling on to. It's easier <laughs> if it's black and white, right? There are some celebrities who we invest in and then they do really, truly bad things. You know, I'm thinking of like a Louis C.K. or growing up loving J.K. Rowling and then discovering she hates everything you stand for. You know, those are those are easy to put in a bucket of like, well, I'm done with you versus John Mulaney. Let's be clear. John Mulaney done nothing wrong here. Like he's just experienced a number of totally normal human life experiences, you know, ups and downs. And I don't know that people necessarily know where to put that. There's also, if you go like really deep down the rabbit hole, you know, his ex-wife, Anna Marie Tendler posting like, Anne Boleyn-esque pictures like down to the pearl necklace like it. (laughs)
0: lot's happening. A breadcrumb trail can be found if you really uh, (laughs) you Uh want to find uh cues, you know, and uh, you brought this up a little bit, but a lot of people also seem shocked that he's having a child because he's mentioned numerous times in a stand up that he and his wife didn't want kids. Now he's not only moving on with Olivia Munn just months after his divorce, but having a baby with her. And I mean, how much do you think that plays into people's disappointment?
3: Oh, a ton, right? I think hearing somebody, one, famous, two, who makes you laugh and smile and feel good generally say, it is okay that you do not want to have children is so comforting to so many people in a society where it's like, (laughs) you turned 30, say hello to the Instagram ads, bitch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Want to freeze your eggs? Great. (laughs) And so to have that, that I'm going to say 180 for the 180th time here, but it's a big, it's a big turnaround. It's like, oh, where did my figurehead for the childless, happy adults go? Thought it was you, John.
2: (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll be right back with more on John Mulaney and parasocial relationships.
3: I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson. The official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia.
1: This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke. And today, I'm gonna break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke
3: listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back. We're talking with Madison Malone-Kircher about parasocial relationships. So Madison, John Mulaney is far from the only celeb to kind of be fixated on in this manner. Although I'd argue he's really on the lower end of fame compared to, say, Harry Styles or Taylor Swift or literally any member of BTS. Uh, (laughs) All of these people have fans with like extreme parasocial relationships, right? So... Looking at John Mulaney, it's sort of curious that he's being lumped in with these extremely mega internationally famous pop stars. Do you think maybe people have latched on to him because he generally seems more accessible, both literally and figuratively?
3: Absolutely. that's That's exactly it, right? I think about... Taylor Swift as, like, the ultimate in parasocial relationships, right? This is someone who, like, deep stalks fans Tumblers and then sends them custom-made care packages with watercolor paintings (laughs) she did herself, like, while hanging out on the coast of England. Like, this is a woman who crafts relationships with fans and is way more inaccessible in her level of fame, right? It's like, maybe she'll find me on Tumblr. That will be how we hang out. Versus John Mulaney... You could find him on the street in New York City. He's, you know, a relatively normal dude. And so I think in your mind, that normalcy just makes you think this this person and I could be pals. I feel this way a lot about, like, influencers on Instagram. It's sort of that same level, right? Of like, you seem vaguely normal. Your apartment looks like mine if I were better paid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I own those jeans. Let's hang out. <laughs> Okay. So I kind of brought this up a little bit before when we're talking about, when we were talking about fame, it's like, okay, this is a part of like the package deal. Like you need to have fans too who care. Right. So I do think there are celebs who are smart and take advantage of that. Like Taylor, you know, like in your piece, you mentioned that parasocial relationships are often not quite as one sided as they seem, you know, like you said, Taylor in particular is really good at sort of cultivating these relationships. Would you say this is more an exception than a rule? Yeah, I would say
3: I would say it's an exception. I think once you reach that level of fame, like having any sort of personal relationship to your fans, that's the only way to do it, right? Like once you're a, a living a bodyguard 24/7 life, which frankly sounds horrible and scary. Uh <laughs> to be clear, that's that's the only real way to like forge these like one-to-one connections. Whereas like a John Malie type, he's still doing, you know, stand up at City Winery in New York City. You can buy a ticket. And be in a very small room with him. I sound like such a creep. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But you're not
0: wrong. It's true.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, Madison, this has been a fascinating perspective on the whole John Mulaney situation. You've intelligently articulated a lot of points that I had in my head, but that I couldn't say out loud as intelligently as you have. So thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Great. We're all in a parasocial relationship now. Yes, we are.
2: (laughs) All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, speaking from experience here, your immune system has probably forgotten how to function in the past year and a half, so please wash your hands.
0: (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
2: wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily.
3: What event comes once a year and could change how you see the world around you? The answer? When your vision benefits renew. And now that they have, there's no better time to visit your neighborhood Pearl Vision, where they'll cover your out-of-pocket cost or insurance copay for your eye exam. Schedule your family's eye exams at pearlvision.com. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 4-30-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision.
0: Hey, Lethal Listeners, Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murderers tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger, though it wasn't all bad. I'm
3: gonna be real with you, Tig.
0: I like you. But now, All signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on Season 1 of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in Season 2, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app.